released their numbers this morning, um, stating that they had reported a loss of about 2.6 billion um, for the financial year ended March 2021, and it was um, the group's second ever loss that they have um, reported in the last 28 years of operating uh, their history. So it was quite disappointing for these numbers. And as you said, um, a bulk of their revenue is with regard to um, the airline industry. So mm. some of the revenue stems from the, the landing and parking of some of the fleet and the airlines, and also some of the rentals that they charge some of the shops um, who we see when you go to the airport. And obviously the parking lots that are quite expensive so yes, in the last year that they operated, it wasn't a, a decent set of numbers um, because they did report previously before COVID, they had about 7.1 billion in revenue. Um, however, this dropped down to about 2.1 billion um, for the 2021 um, financial year. Mm. However, they have um, started to make some cuts um, with the assistance um, of their shareholder. Um, however, this was quite a disappointing result, which... Um, I'm sure they're also not the only um, company um, with, with regards to the world that has suffered such as we've alluded to. Um, COVID has had quite a significant impact, particularly to um, the um, airport companies in Africa. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, the English often say misery loves company. Uh, and I must add, I guess, access not alone. Uh, in seeing these massive losses uh, on the back of uh, a limited activity in the aviation sector. Yeah, so you're correct. So um, Axis is not the only one, but also um, those within the value chain within with regards to um, the airports and some of the airlines. And as you indicated, some of the airlines, some of which were um, down and, and were not operating um, for quite a longer period of time. Um, so those that have been suffered quite significantly. So it's all the, 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 the whole value chain was disrupted um, with regards to the lockdowns that, that did take place. Um, however, um, AXA is quite fortunate that it did have quite a strong balance sheet, um, which um, it did communicate um, has about 32 billion rand um, in assets. Um, that's why it was able to um, operate quite um, efficiently and not make as much of a loss as it had expected. Um, however, it did make a loss that it has um, began cutting back on capital and operating expenditure um, with the assistance of the, the state its shareholder, um, will be issuing about um, preference shares um, and debt instruments in order to um, acquire um, or get some funding with, um, with, with regards to um, issued, of, um, issued bonds. However, they also are selling their stake um, within um, India's Mumbai International Airport, just trying to get some revenue within the business um, so that it can see them through to the next phase of their business. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, with what you see happening and unfolding now in the aviation sector, I mean, what are the prospects that uh, uh, we might see an entirely different number or even, I guess, a, a massive bounce back, an upswing? Because many people have spoken about pent-up demand in the aviation sector, and that's certainly said to have a ripple impact on many, uh, you know, uh, facilities owners like the, the likes of AXA. Yeah, so I think it's going to take some time. And I think what has um, helped in the last few weeks, particularly, is with regards to the um, domestic air travel, um, which has come through quite nicely and has seen um, a quite significant robust recovery. Um, however, in terms of the international um, traffic, um, they haven't seen that much yet. Um, however, with the South Africa being off the red list, um, as we communicated just a few weeks ago, um, I think this will help, but it will take some time for international travelers to come back um, with regards to it being as busy as it was 
um, pre, um, pre the pandemic. As you know, the route between Cape Town and Johannesburg is one of the most busiest routes and, and busiest routes to traffic um, that takes place throughout the whole world. Um, so it is um, quite a dent, but um, in terms of them um, recovering international flights pre-pandemic level, I think it will take some time. However, it is pretty to note that domestic travel, we are seeing some um, domestic travel come back quite quickly, which they are also seeing on their side, which has helped um, in terms of that. Mm, mm. Talk to us just briefly, um, I guess, around you know some of the... Uh, uh, issues and uh, that might have faced not only just you know these guys as a facilities manager, but also some of the underlying clients, which are the aviation companies. Yeah, so um, some of the service providers within the valuation chain, um, as you know, the aviation companies such as FAA, who's just come back onto um, the air, um, who was um, down due to a business rescue, which was taking place through the last twelve to eighteen months. Um, but also, I think it's also important to note. Um, their tenants um, with regard to the airports, because as you know, airport companies South Africa manages about seven to eight um, um, airports um, throughout South Africa. So the tenants, um, in terms of that, are dependent on travellers to go buy and sell goods um, during their travels, have also been impacted, um, and I'm sure their revenues are, are also um, have have taken a dent. Um, however, it is also pleasing to note um, that yes. They have a, a, a solvent shareholder with regards to the, the, the South African government. Um, but, ever, but however, I think management also needs to be innovative in terms of how they proceed um, with the shortcomings um, that have taken place, which are out of their control. Um, however, I think they do need to pay particular attention um, to um, areas such as ESG, particularly the, the environmental sector in which they do operate in, in terms of how they obviously become um, activism and become a pioneer with regard to environmentalism because of the sector that they operated. Mm, mm. I, I like that comment you just made, I mean, around having some pioneering uh, approach uh, uh, to some of the environmental issues because uh, we do know a big part of you know, uh, the uh, transition that has to be undertaken is around changing uh, some of the fuel needs of the um, Aviation sector is a big contributor to uh, global emissions as well. But let's shift our attention to the Combined Motor Holdings Group, uh, which uh, have come out, I guess, uh, with the interim numbers for the six months ending at the tail end of July of uh, August, I should rather say. And uh, yeah, seeing an income improvement, uh, top line, margins are better, expenses uh, reduced, and of course, uh, lower interest charges. Uh, what do you make of this uh, uh, on the back, I guess, of... Um, some of the challenges that there have been in the automotive retail sector. Yeah, so um, combined motor holdings um, came up with results um, for the period half-year profits, um, which they gained um, to towards the end of August. Um, so this is a company that operates um, the vehicle dealership and also owns first-car rental, um, which can be found at some of the, our respective airports, um, some of the airports which um, airport companies in Africa also operated. So yes, so the company um, did report a profit of about 149.5 million in the six months um, ending to August. And CMH um, combined motor holdings um, is valued at about 2.2 um, billion um, in regards to the JC, where it has been listed since 1987. Um, and it reported these good and pleasing numbers because in the previous year it had reported a loss of about 10 million. So it is pleasing that it has provided a, a huge and a profit surge of 149.5 million and providing some up 
and boosted numbers that they've um, come to see within the company. Um, however, this was also on the back of some of the cuts um, that the company did um, take, initiatives that they did take in terms of cutting unprofitable divisions, um, which has resulted in some of the better profits numbers that we are also currently seeing now. But also because of the supply shortage in terms of the, the chip shortage that we've seen globally, um, which they've seen also a surge in terms of rental of vehicles because a lot of people aren't able to purchase any new cars. Um, so this has also um, enabled this company to report such good numbers, even declaring a record interim dividend um, of 110 cents per share, which equates to about 82 um, million rands for some of their shareholders, which will be the total payout that will be done. So this is a, a company that has, yes, it was impacted by COVID um, due to the first car rental, which is placed at the airport. However, due to their partnership um, with um, SAFA, which was one of the most reliable um, airline um, planes, um, was able to uh, benefit from this partnership between the airline and its um, um, division of first car rental, which they take mm. The other story I wanted us to look at, uh, Akona, which I find quite interesting, uh, is uh, the fire outbreak about two weeks ago at uh, the uh, multi-purpose terminal of Transnet out at uh, Richards Bay. You know, it's the largest coal export facility on the continent. And uh, also saw another fire out at uh, the grain export terminal out at Maiden Wharf, uh, Eteguini. And uh, it seems... You know, when it rains for translated pause, I mean, a few months ago, there was the issue of the unrest. There was mm. the issue of the hack. Now it's mm. fire. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it is quite disappointing, but um, I think they are communicating to their stakeholders. And as it's indicated, um, two of Transnet's four terminals um, two weeks ago um, um, went into fire, um, particularly the Richard Bay multi-purpose terminal which is um, Africa's largest coal export facility, and also the latest, which is the Durban Grain Export Terminal in Maidan Worth Present, which also went on fire. So, yes, um, the company is um, having quite a bit of a challenge. Um, post the July uh, um, riots that did take place, particularly in Durban and Gauteng. However, this port is particularly based in Durban. So this, they are um, providing some initiatives to get operations back, particularly in Richards Bay, um, where they have... Um, fully restored some of the, the operations, uh, but not um, 100%. Where they have not um, come back 100% into operations, um, they have deployed manual handling to, mm. to obviously provide some continuity within those operations. But as I've indicated, they have been talking to stakeholders, um, such as um, the agriculture industry, um, who is quite dependent on this particular um, port in terms of exporting um, their goods and their, and their, and, and, and their produce um, to the overseas market. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, I mean, uh, unsettling stories. If you think about, uh, you know, uh, this is the moment where we want all of our exports um, mm. you know, to make sure. And of course, I'm not a big fan, I guess, of uh, primary exports, but we can have that discussion. Um, mm. But uh, you want your exports, even if they are exports of primary goods, to reach their end consumers in many of our uh, key destination markets on time. Uh, mm. But if, you, if you're going to have all of these issues, uh, be it the hack right, right through to the uh, unrest and now mm. uh, to uh, the fires uh, that we see there, it certainly does, doesn't bode well uh, for Transnet. And uh, yeah, it might be worth, I guess, uh, catching up with them for us. But as I said, I'm going to work or something like that because... Uh, you know, all of these challenges are coming in very, very quick succession. Mm. Maybe then just the last one, 
Akona, uh, we know a few years ago there was a, a big bond scandal uh, in our neighbours uh, out in Mozambique. Uh, and uh, uh, this after, I guess, uh, there was the uh, two billion US dollar scandal. Uh, I remember there was, you know, a lack of clarity around how much had effectively been borrowed. Some of the people who were involved, we know. I think the then finance minister is still uh, in incarceration here in South Africa uh, for this particular issue. I don't know if he's been extradited yet uh, to face charges in Mozambique for this. Uh, but it seems now that uh, Credit Suisse is nearing a deal uh, with uh, the U.S. because, of course, uh, they, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice was alleging that some of the contracts uh, of the bond contracts were a front for government officials and bankers to enrich themselves. Uh, and uh, squarely placing, I guess, Credit Suisse uh, Group AG uh, in the sights of law enforcement officials out in the United States. Yeah, so you're correct. Um, so Credit Suisse has been at the center um, of the scandal, particularly in the region of Mozambique. Um, so this is with regards to a probe um, in terms of Credit Suisse's role in the $2 billion Mozambique bond scandal um, that did take place um, um, around 20, um, the early parts of 2013 and 2014, um, which was supposed to fund a new coastal um, patrol source and also a tuna um, fishing fleet in Mozambique. Um, so it, just, it was a project that was supposed to um, assist the coastline and also provide um, some protection against pirates um, within that region. But um, as you indicated, um, the, 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 the Global Financial um, House um, in 2018 by the U.S. Um, US Department um, has been, been investigated and with regards to the government officials that were involved, particularly in Mozambique, and the bankers within um, Credit Suisse. So some of those bankers um, were based particularly at the London office, um, one of them being Andrew Pierce, um, who, was a, who was a lead uh, at their London office um, at the time and has actually, um, in 2019, along with three other Credit Suisse um, pre, um, previous employees, has just gone through a, a case which was concluded in 2019. Um, however, they're still um, awaiting um, some sentence in terms of how that will do. So, yes, um, this part is pointing that this financial firm has been involved in such a scandal. Um, however, they are not the only ones um, who are taking um, Credit Suisse into account. The Mozambique government has also um, filed suits against Credit Suisse. Mm. And so also the ship builder um, who was supposed to be building um, this construction um, in terms of, so they've taken that court, that, that um, case to the UK court, which will only be heard in about two years' time. So yes, um, it's quite disappointing, and a lot of people made a lot of money. Um, Andrew Pierce, for example, in his communication indicated he pocketed about $45 million in illicit, in illicit payments. So a lot of people made quite a lot of money. Um, however, it didn't get back to the bondholders who were issued these bonds. Mm. Yeah, hey, uh, one of these uh, issues that uh, will continue, I guess, to plague the southern African nation of Mozambique, mm. uh, least of all uh, during this moment. Uh, but, uh, Akona, we're going to have to leave it there. It's always a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thanks very much, Ayibong. Akonam Lamlele is a portfolio manager, 274 Investment Managers, joining us uh, to help us take a look at uh, the latest in the world of money and power.